Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tonight on Revolt Black News Weekly. A look back at some of our biggest stories of 2023. Quilla, can you at least fight back? So I don't want there to be a narrative saying that there's a missing piece. There's no missing piece. There's a video. The State Department, the Department of Justice, the ball is in your court. It's just unimaginable. This is a family that lost their son and their brother at the hands and the feet of people who had been charged with keeping them safe. Get on the ground. Beat by five black cops. Did you think because you was black we wouldn't say nothing? What message do you think it sends to them that the woman who killed their mother is not going to face murder charges? The message is going to send to them, as it sends to me, is that people who make decisions, people who make laws, don't value their mother's life. If my daughter shot Susan, she would have been arrested immediately, and it would be murder, too. It's been my mission to make investing easy. Would you rather have you working for every dollar or Apple working on your behalf? I was in so much pain from my neck. My neck hurt so bad. If I was white, I wouldn't have to go through that. This is how black people get killed. The ultimate way to fix the problem, you have to get more black doctors. All that and more as the Black News Revolution starts right now. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Mara Escampo. Tonight, as the year comes to an end, we've got a special look back at some of our biggest, most impactful, most viral stories. It was hard to choose, but from your feedback, these are the ones that shocked you, surprised you, made you mad, or that you just couldn't get enough of. Quilla, can you at least fight back? At least something. This video shot inside a villa in Cabo, Mexico in October 2022, a key piece of information in the death of Shanquella Robinson. Dejanae Jackson is the woman identified in this video, seen kicking and punching Shanquella. She's the prime suspect in this case, according to Mexican authorities. Documents reveal a lot of information about the hours right before and after Shanquella's death. But instead of providing answers, they raise many more questions. Shanquella posted these videos to her Instagram stories the night before she died. Drink! Everyone enjoying their first night in Cabo in a Mexican villa. The guest registry identifying them as 25-year-old Nazir Wiggins, 28-year-old Elise Hyatt, 24-year-old Winter Donovan, 26-year-old Malik Dyer, 25-year-old Khalil Cook, and 26-year-old Dejanae Jackson. Winter, come on now. Deja, we know you weren't working on upper body 
when you was working out. Come on, let me see what you got, Winter. It seemed like everyone was having fun, enjoying dinner made by a private chef, taking shots, and playing drinking games. But official documents paint a very different picture. Interview report, the concierge says Shanquella was noticeably upset that night, noting, quote, she seemed not to fit in with the others. She did not greet me or smile. She was indifferent. She was out of place at that party. From there, things got even more confusing. According to a different interview report, the estimated time of this beating video was the following morning, between 7 and 8.30 a.m., the death certificate says Shanquella would have died 15 minutes later. But the concierge says he didn't get a call for medical help until almost 2 p.m., when Shanquella would have already been dead for up to five hours. Dejeuner telling him, I think my friend has alcohol poisoning. The concierge says at some point he heard laughter coming from the group. And later that evening, they asked for a ride to dinner, but instead were dropped off at an airport hotel, cutting their trip short and quickly leaving the country. Their departure creating a legal nightmare for Shanquella's family. The ball is clearly in the United States court. The State Department, the Department of Justice, the ball is in your court. Do what you have to do. Sue Ann Robinson, the attorney representing the family of Shanquella Robinson, urged prosecutors to file charges against the Cabo Six. But that didn't happen. North Carolina federal officials released this press release to announce that federal charges cannot be pursued. The release states that, quote, the FBI has worked diligently to conduct a detailed and thorough investigation of the evidence available in this case. Available evidence is mentioned a total of three times. So I don't want there to be a narrative saying that there's a missing piece. There's no missing piece. There's a video. Her cause of death is currently undetermined, and they've advised, based on their own autopsy, that they cannot determine a cause of death for Shanquilla. Two autopsies were conducted on Shanquilla Robinson's body, one by Mexican officials shortly after her death, and one by the U.S. almost three weeks later. I spoke to Dr. Joy Carter, a veteran forensic pathologist with several decades of experience about the two autopsy reports. There were pretty notable differences between the Mexican autopsy and the one that was conducted in the United States. And the most glaring one is that the Mexican autopsy concluded that the manner of death was violent. And the American one said that it was inconclusive. They were not able to reach the same conclusion. Why? Had we seen x-rays that showed um, misalignment of the first and second cervical vertebrae um, with some tissue swelling or some uh, blood in that area, that would have been better for the second uh, doctor to associate a proven injury um, because they didn't do a complete autopsy. They didn't do a neck dissection. Um, it could not substantiate those injuries. So in the second autopsy, when American officials were examining Shanquella, was it possible for them to rule out that the beating caused this death? Could they have eliminated potential causes of death? It's difficult to rule it out completely because there was evidence of blunt trauma to the head, which they listed in the autopsy report. But it is the extent of that trauma that's important. Um, being able to 
examine the brain itself, look at the features at the surface of the brain. Is it flattened? And that's something that, in my opinion, should have been done. You've seen the video, you've read both autopsies. What do you think happened in this case? What do you think killed Shanquella Robinson? I have to be neutral as a forensic pathologist. Um, and as I mentioned before, this is certainly not a natural death. The question is whether it is an accidental death or a homicidal violence death. Um, there's not enough information to substantiate and prove in a court of law in the United States that this is homicidal violence. There was violence inflicted, inflicted upon this young woman, and that's evidence in the video. But was by itself enough to kill her? Or was it a combination of brain swelling from imbibing alcohol? No, not enough evidence for that. There's just too many gaps to give a satisfactory answer to the family and the authorities. It's really a sad case. In this apparent case of how to get away with murder, the family of Shanquella Robinson is undeterred. Justice for Shanquella Robinson! Justice for Shanquella Robinson! Robinson says to expect a civil lawsuit against the Cabo Six to hold them accountable. We want the same attention that other white women have received, and in fact, we are calling it the white women missing treatment. We want to see right. that put in action yeah. for Shanquella Robinson. They also will not let up the pressure for criminal charges and are still navigating the political process of extraditing the main suspect back to Mexico to stand trial. It cannot be that someone can go overseas and commit a crime against a U.S. citizen and come back and not be affected in any way. There, there isn't any reason it doesn't make sense. We all saw it on video. After the break, police gone rogue in the worst way. The brutal murder of Tyree Nichols by the Memphis Scorpion Unit and updates on the case. That's next. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a family that lost their son and their brother through an act of violence at the hands and the feet of people who had been charged with keeping them safe. In January, 29-year-old Tyree Nichols was eulogized in what's become an awfully familiar scene a funeral for a young black man killed by police. But for many, this loss is different because like Tyree, the officers who beat him are black. This is about power. Uh, it's not about black, it's about blue. Beat by five black cops. Did you think, cause you was black, we wouldn't say nothing? We will fight black cops, white cops, any color cops that commit crimes against us. 
All five officers fired and charged in Tyree's death had been with the Memphis Police Department for less than five years and were part of the now disbanded Scorpion Unit. That's Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. The 50-person team so aggressive, they made more than 16 arrests a day in their first three weeks of operation. Tadarius Bean, 24. Justin Smith, 28. Demetrius Germain Haley, 30, previously accused of beating an inmate while working as a corrections officer in 2015. Emmett Martin III, 30, and Desmond Mills Jr., 32. Five young black men, two of them former college football players, three members of the historic Omega Psi Phi fraternity. And some claim Tyree wasn't the first black man they assaulted. The person got out the car was like, freeze, put your hands up before I blow your ears off. Cornell McKinney had a run-in with the same Scorpion unit just four days before the five men beat Tyree Nichols, and their approach was just as aggressive. Man, that's the exact same way that they proceeded to stop me, and that's the same aggression they showed. And I, I, was, I was telling myself, I understand how confused and scared he was. Get on the ground! One, right now! Right now. Stop. I'm chasing him! All right, okay, all right. Even with my hands reached out in front of me, and me not resisting at all, and me not being, I still was yelling and shouting that I'm gonna blow your heads off of you if I don't see your hands. They had their guns on. Cornell was about six miles from where Tyree was brutally beaten. While sitting in his friend's car waiting to grab a pizza, they were boxed in. We're sitting right here in the lot. We was blocked in by several unmarked cars. I kept asking what I was, what, what was going on as I got pulled out the car at gunpoint. Thinking he was being robbed, Cornell says the masked men never identified themselves as police, but put him in the back of a car. They actually had to turn all the way around for me to actually read that they was with the Scorpion unit. So they went back and searched the car. He came back and said, uh, who gonna rap for this pounders in this car? I said, man, I don't know about no pounders in the car. And uh, one of the officers walked up and said, uh, I've been following this car up and down the street. And he walked back off. He was like, uh, who finna ride for this pound though? I said, man, if y'all been following this car up and down the street, y'all see me just getting this car, y'all know it's not my pound. I said, I, I just want to talk to my lawyer. He's like, well, one of the officers said, well, this ain't time for court. And then uh, the other officer laughed, and the officer said, ha, 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 ain't no pound in the car, man. You can get out. You can get out the car. But when Cornell tried to go back into the corner store, he was stopped. As I proceeded to go back in, one of the officers said, uh, I get up off this lot. You violate. I said, how I violate? He said, you want me to show you? As music and movies have shown for decades, sometimes it really can be your own people. Huh. You're scared now, huh? I like that. That's why I took this job. The black cop is the only real obstacle. Black slave turned black cop is not logical. Get your ass on the ground now. Get on the ground. A lot of people were surprised in this case that the officers were black. Were you surprised by that? Not at all. Being a Memphian, um, what I have seen 
is that because there's so many of us when it comes to black people that typically I run, encounter a lot of African-American officers and typically they are going to be the more aggressive when it comes to dealing with us. That means that there's something going on in the culture of policing. This is one of those rare instances where they went too far and someone lost their life. But how many times have this situation happened that didn't result in someone losing their life and there's someone who had to suffer in silence? When Tyree's death hit the news, Cornell realized these were the same guys. Him and I seen that it was the same five officers that actually done the, the illegal searching over here. To me, I was like, man, I actually got away with my life because it could have been me. Each of your attorneys have entered pleas of not guilty on your behalf. All five officers, members of the now deactivated Scorpion unit, were charged with second-degree murder in the violent arrest that ultimately led to Tyree Nichols' death. They pled not guilty. They didn't even have the courage mm. to look at me in my face. Mm. They're going to see me at every court day. But in a surprising turn of events, on November 2nd, disgraced officer Desmond Mills changed his plea to guilty and faces up to 15 years in prison. The others are scheduled to stand trial in May 2024. We are now a $500 million landmark lawsuit against the Memphis Police Department in the city of Memphis. It is our mission to make it financially unsustainable for these police oppression unit to unjustly kill black people. In April, attorney Ben Crump and the family of Tyree Nichols announced a civil lawsuit against the city of Memphis and the officers involved in his brutal beating. The civil suit blames the five Memphis police officers for Tyree's death and accuses officials of allowing the now infamous Scorpion unit's aggressive behavior to go unchecked despite several prior complaints. Also named in the civil suit is Memphis Police Chief Sarahlyn C.J. Davis, who launched the now-disbanded Scorpion Unit. The suit claims that the Scorpion Unit used, quote, extreme intimidation, humiliation, and violence, and disproportionately focused on and targeted young black men. The lawsuit says Tyree was beaten so badly that he was left unrecognizable. They compare his case to that of Emmett Till. Now it's my turn. Mm-hmm. to make sure that my son's death does not go in vain. The lawsuit number of $550 million symbolizes the 55 years since Martin Luther King Jr. was killed in Memphis, according to the legal team representing Tyree's mother, Rovon Wells. This has nothing to do with the monetary value of this lawsuit, but everything with, that has to do with accountability. Amen. Those five police officers murdered my son. They beat him to death. And they need to be held accountable along with everyone else that has something to do with my son's murder. When we come back, the story that ripped our hearts apart. A mom of four brutally killed by her neighbor with her son standing right next to her.
It was the heinous crime that enraged the community. On the evening of June 2nd, Susan Lawrence, a white woman in Ocala, Florida, described by many as a racist, reportedly terrorizing neighborhood black children while they played. And she called us a N-word. Susan allegedly calling them the N-word and slave, throwing things at them and taking one of their iPads away. When mother of four, Ajika A.J. Owens, went to confront the neighborhood terrorist about assaulting her children, Susan shot through a closed door, killing A.J. right in front of her son. Good morning, ma'am. What is your name? Susan Lorenz. Prosecutors refused to charge Ocala's killer Karen with murder for A.J.'s death. Instead, the DA settled on lesser charges of manslaughter with a firearm and assault. She's not scheduled to be back in court until June 2024. Revolt Black News sat down with Ajika Owens' mother, Pamela Diaz, just moments after the DA's announcement. District Attorney is not going to be pursuing murder charges in this case, but rather manslaughter. What's your reaction to that decision? It was heartbreaking. I was very disappointed, sad, angry, disgusted. My gut just tells me that it just all boils down to race, that because Ashika was a black woman, I don't understand how it cannot be murdered too with all the evidence that we have. And so my conclusion is we have a white shooter and a black victim, simple as that. Revolt Black News reached out to the DA's office to ask about the charges. They referred us to a press release that said second-degree murder requires evidence of a, quote, depraved mind, which includes hatred, spite, ill will, or evil intent toward the victim at the time of the killing, something they don't believe they can prove in court. What makes you believe that there was, in fact, the evidence of evil intent um, from this woman to your daughter? You have a woman terrorizing her son. Took his property, broke it, threw items at him. Then she proceeds to tell the son, her son, go get your mother. So she baited her using racial epithets, epithets, called him slave, the N-word. All of that was done. That's not a depraved mind. At children, I don't know what is. She told him to go get his mother. She knocks on the door, never opens the door, and shoots through a locked metal door. She planned. It was premeditated. I don't know what else murder two is. You have all these racial slurs. Clearly there was hate. Hate for her son, hate for her, hate for Black people. And what message do you think it sends to them that the woman who killed their mother is not going to face murder charges. The message is gonna to send to them as it sends to me is that people who make decisions, people who make laws, people who enforce the laws, don't value their mother's life, don't care. And I wholeheartedly believe that if my daughter being a black woman shot Susan, a white woman, the narrative would be completely different. She would have been arrested immediately and it would be murdered too. It's been more than six months since AJ's death and Pamela is now raising her four young grandchildren. How are they doing right now? 
they're grieving. And I believe being grieving is intensifying. The most stressful, hurtful, grieving time is at night. And that's what the entire family, myself included, when you're laying in your bed and you're still, you know, you're with your thoughts. It's hard seeing a little girl just laying in her bed, asking, saying, I, I want my mommy. I try to hug her and console her, but I'm not her mother. It's not the same and it will never be the same. What do you want us to know about AJ? She was full of life. She valued family. If you were in her world, you weren't just a friend. You were family to her. Family meant everything to her. She literally lived for her kids. She sacrificed everything for her kids. She didn't go on vacations. She didn't go on shopping sprees. She lived, she worked for her kids. She wanted nothing but the best. And she made it happen with with what little she had. They were attending private schools. She valued their education. An amazing mom, a heart of gold. She just loved, she loved people. She's picked up homeless women walking on the street, given a total stranger because they were homeless, giving them a ride, giving them shelter, providing clothing. That was the type of person she was. She understood the struggle of being a single mother. If Susan is convicted and gets the maximum sentence, it would be 30 years. Given her age, it's likely that she will be in prison for the rest of her life. Would you be satisfied with a 30-year sentence? Would that feel like justice to you? No, because justice is the maximum the law allows, which is life. And it could be up to 30 years. She may not receive 30 years. We don't know if she's convicted, how many years she will truly receive. So no, that would not satisfy me. She has taken these four kids' entire life, their mother ripped from them for the rest of their lives. That hole in their heart will never fully heal. 30 years is not enough. I've moved from hurt to anguish and despair. I don't understand how in 2023 in the United States of America that a woman unarmed with her nine-year-old son knock on the door and can be shot and killed through a locked, closed metal door. I don't understand how an arrest wasn't made immediately. I don't understand how this is not murder too. It was premeditated. She planned it. How do we let this senseless violence and killing stand your ground law continue in 2023? How many more lives have to be taken before this law is repealed, is off the books. America needs to wake up. Something needs to be done. And now this is urgent. It is literally a matter of life and death. That was my daughter. Tomorrow it could be someone else. It could be 
one day my granddaughter is going to be a mother. That could easily be her. And you as her mother have, have lost so much. Is there anything that you would say to Susan? If she were watching this, what would you say to her? I would say to Susan, you looked at her as a black woman that you hated. But the love that this community and her family had for her and still does is so much bigger, so much greater than the hate that you had for her. Next up, where are all the Black doctors and how not having one may be bad for your health? This is how Black people get killed. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wait, you gonna be my surgeon, Dr. Andrews? I sure will. And y'all two gonna be with him? Yeah. <laughs> my lucky day! Three doctors of color taking care of me. Doctors who won't talk down to me. I was in so much pain from my neck. My neck hurt so bad. It's a story that's all too common. This woman, Susan Moore, deathly ill with COVID, begging for help. If I was white, I wouldn't have to go through that. And even though she herself is a doctor, her pleas about pain were dismissed by the hospital, Indiana University Health in suburban Indianapolis, and the doctor who took care of her, Dr. Eric Bannock. I've been in pain since seven. It was another two and a half hours before I got the pain medicine. She believed it was all because she was black. I had to talk to somebody, maybe the media, somebody, to let people know how I'm being treated. This is how black people get killed. Just weeks after Dr. Moore posted this video, she died from her COVID complications. I think there's so much distrust among the black community for healthcare in general. And we have a lot of history. We come by that distrust pretty honestly. Dr. Stacy Mitchell Doyle, a board certified internist, has been practicing medicine for more than 20 years. I spent um, almost 25 years in emergency rooms and ICUs and seeing how black patients don't get the testing that other patients get. They come into the emergency room specifically with things like chest pain and serious medical conditions. And they're more likely than not are going to be sent home because the doctor who's treating them has some unconscious bias and doesn't really believe them or doesn't take their, um, their symptoms seriously. As a black doctor, I'm also a black patient. I've run into those same things. I've gone to doctors and have not been hurt. So intuitively, I've always felt that Black patients do better with Black doctors. In April, a study found that Black people live longer in areas with more Black doctors, which raises the question, why don't more Black people go to Black doctors? Unfortunately, there simply aren't enough to go around. 
When you look at the distribution of physicians, it's pretty disturbing. Dr. Wayne Frederick is president emeritus of Howard University and a practicing surgical oncologist. We definitely have a crisis taking place in this country, and that crisis has only been impacted um, only very recently. The numbers are stark. While black people make up roughly 13% of the population, the percentage of black doctors stands at only 5%. And in the last 40 years, the numbers have been declining. Research from the New England Journal of Medicine shows that in 1978, black men accounted for 3.1% of the medical student body. By 2019, that figure dipped to 2.9%. Uh, just a few years ago, some 80 to 90 percent of all the black dermatologists in this country either attended Howard or were trained at Howard University Hospital. And you think of one institution taking on that kind of a responsibility for the whole country, that's problematic. On average, becoming a doctor takes 10 to 14 years of school and leaves graduates with nearly $200,000 of debt. I spent 13 years preparing to be a surgical oncologist. And so it's a lot of time that gets put in where you're nutting off certain life decisions for longer. And those who make it through still face a journey with plenty of racist roadblocks. The assumption is not that I'm a doctor um, when I walk into the room. A lack of black representation in the medical field leads to racial bias among some white patients who refuse to see past skin color when seeking treatment. You may be practicing in a facility where you're one of, um, you know, two or three who look like you. There have been instances where I've gone into a patient room in the hospital only to be asked, where's the real doctor? I've experienced that many times. Where's the real doctor? I've even had someone refuse my care. Such unfortunate incidents were dramatized on Grey's Anatomy. I'll wait for a different doctor. A different doctor? You mean you want a white doctor? Out of the 170 medical schools in the U.S., only four are historically black. Meharry in Nashville, Morehouse in Atlanta, Charles R. Drew University in Los Angeles, and Howard University in Washington, D.C., creating a self-fulfilling loop A lack of black medical schools leads to a lack of black doctors, which leads to a lack of role models for young black men and women, which leads back to a lack of doctors. There are a lot of black men who don't even know that this is an opportunity that they should aspire to. Right. Because they've never seen a black male physician. I don't have nobody in my family that's a doctor, so I want to step up and hopefully I can help people that's in need. Dr. Frederick says Howard University is working hard to fill the gap by finding students from underserved circumstances who are willing to work in underserved communities. They get to expand on where they want to practice medicine and why, and who they want to treat and why, and so on. And I think that helps give students an opportunity who otherwise wouldn't get an opportunity. There are other reasons to be hopeful. Last year, the number of first-year black students increased by 10.5% nationwide. A recently introduced bill seeks to provide $1 billion in funding to help young doctors of color. And billionaire Michael Bloomberg donated $100 million to help alleviate medical debt for black physicians. What we've done with that money is to decrease the debt of each student that qualifies by $100,000. And that has been transformative because we're now seeing students taking bigger risk because they have less debt. Following Dr. Moore's death, an independent review panel recommended IU Health begin comprehensive diversity training for all of their staff. We can't let, you know, our white physicians off the hook. 
they have to learn some cultural competency. They have to learn how to in, you know, improve their bedside manner because black lives are going to be affected by this. And that's the only way that it, it, you know, people are going to change their behaviors is if they know they're under the microscope. Put it under the microscope. But real changes in healthcare for millions of black people in this country won't come until there are more black doctors to care for them. The ultimate way to fix the problem is, you know, representation matters. You have to get more black doctors. Every time I get a patient who's like, I've never had a black doctor, I'm like, girl, welcome to the family. Now you do, because <laughs> you know, this is how we're, this is how we're gonna do it. And uh, it, it makes such a big difference. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Before we leave, there's one more thing we want you to see. This is Stand Up For, presented by State Farm. For those of you who keep asking me, how can I invest in ChatGPT? Microsoft. My name is Ian Dunlap. I'm the founder of Red Panda Academy and co-creator of Market Mondays. We have to buy at the right time. And now is the time for great investors and those who really want to get rich or wealthy. I didn't see an easy way for us to learn how to invest in stocks, to know which ones to stay away from, and also how to safely invest. So over the last few years, I've just been putting all of my effort into teaching our community how to win in the stock market and demystify some of the scary parts about putting our capital into the market. Human intuition. Yep. What? No, now, not speaking about Ian, because Ian's a very smart, intuitive brother. That's, that's actually why yep. Ian is Ian. He's very rare, though. When I was 21, I wasn't thinking about my 40s, and now I'm planning for my 60s and 70s. And the only way to outpace inflation and set yourself up for retirement is to buy the best companies in the world. And for all my entrepreneurs and creatives, would you rather have you working for every dollar or Tim Cook and Apple working on your behalf? Over a 20-year period, if you hold any quality company, you have 0% chance of losing money. We have to be very honest, especially as the inflation is going up, housing prices have doubled. Money does matter. And if you do not know how to make it work for you, unfortunately, you're going to end up working forever. So if we're going to be a consumer, a supporter of a brand or a fan of a brand, I think we should make money from that brand as well. And investing is the easiest way to do so. I think too many people want to invest when everything is at a hype cycle. But now when it's at the down cycle, no one wants to, to buy in. So my job, I think more than anything, is just to be instill trust in a community, show that it can be done. And even with Stock Club, majority of the information, 99% of the information that I come across, I give away absolutely free on social media or through the show. And I think that's really important to building trust. I stand on my word, and if I'm wrong, not only should you say sorry, but you should cut a check for it. Welcome to the future. And welcome to Red Panda. Red Panda is my investing tribe. So for a long time, people didn't have a community that they can go to and say, hey, I have an idea. I like this company, AMD or NVIDIA, which one is better? So for me, I thought it was really important to not make people have to search, search for all the information on their own but build a community. The community has grown to over 50,000 people now, which I'm incredibly grateful for. But it's been my mission to make investing easy. The only major concern, if I'm looking at a spot analysis of Tesla, is the weaknesses are 
lack of Elon's focus. I think the acquisition of Twitter wasn't the best. I'm originally from East Chicago, Indiana. Our relationship with money was pretty interesting. So there were times when my family would do incredibly well. Christmases were great, birthdays were great, but there were times where things were not so great. So it showed me that money was important. I don't think money buys you happiness. I don't think it buys you completion, but the lack thereof can disrupt the household. So if you want to learn investing in, in a simple way, there's a couple of things you can do. You can tune into Market Mondays every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can go to joinredpanda.com and join Stock Club. You can follow me for free on Instagram at The Master Investor or Ian Dunlap on YouTube. What I'm doing every week and every day on all these platforms is I'm really trying to give people what I wish I knew and what my family knew back when I was a kid or even a, even as a teenager. So if you turn it on Instagram or look at any music videos, you have rappers flashing cash and jewelry and it looks great. But I think there's a big illusion and deception that people are waking up from. That's not really the way to build wealth or prosperity. A few simple keys to being a great investor. Number one, you have to invest for the long term. I know because people need money, they may want to trade or day trade, but that's not the best route. Usually after seven years, only 1.3% of people who started day trading are still actually in the market. But if you invest in a quality company, you have a greater chance of, of making money doing that. I know a lot of people don't love the thought of holding money for five or 10 years, but if I told you Apple over a 20 year period was up 15,000%, it may make you look at something dramatically different. If you own S&P 500, Apple, Microsoft, any major corporation for a 20 year period, you have a 93% chance of making money. Although it's not the sexiest message of investing long-term and playing the long game, that's where all the real wealth is. We are officially in the AI era, um, and I think it's gonna cause a great tech boom in 2024. And if you're missing out on this run, it will be the equivalent of missing out on a social media run from 2009 to 2020. A good rule of thumb is you wanna buy the top two companies that have the highest market cap, Apple and Microsoft, and buy them every month. And then that's an easy way for you to consistently invest. You don't need eight stocks. You don't need to be Warren Buffett. A lot of times simplicity is a lot better and consistency is, is really key. So it's really important to have your money in the market consistently opposed to trying to time it and finding the ideal time to jump in the market. And for those who are listening, like, well, I don't have a lot, start small. Start with, cause it's about the habit of doing it. Mm -hmm. It should be the first bill you pay every month. A great message that I want to stress is it's never too late to get started. So whether you're investing for your first time in your 40s or 50s, or you were investing early and then stopped, you can get started today and just set aside a certain amount of money that you want to invest every month. If you haven't gotten started, there's still time. Um, and in five or 10 years, you're going to thank yourself for doing so. And more importantly, it's important to do it for your family. wraps it up for us. Thank you for joining us tonight and all season for Revolt Black News Weekly. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, X, Revolt on YouTube, our Revolt Black News podcast, and download the Revolt app. Until next time, good night, everyone.
Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.